0: Hi, you're listening to Remote Revolution, making remote work. We're a new hub for employers, employees and entrepreneurs and anyone working remotely or working from home. We will be sharing experience and thoughts about working remotely, both the opportunities and the challenges. Our goal is to focus on and support remote workers. My name is Liz Pilgrim. I'm an entrepreneur and founder of Remote Revolution and I'm your host for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, I'm delighted to welcome Carol-Ann Rice, one of the UK's leading coaches and founder of The Real Coaching Company, which provides one-to-one professional life coaching to individuals and corporations. Carol-Ann also founded the Pure Coaching Academy, which offers an accredited training programme for coaches-to-be. Carol-Anne is a published author, broadcaster and Happy Monday columnist for the Daily Express. She's the winner of Best Coach in 2017 at the Best Business Women's Awards. Hi, Carol-Anne. Thanks so much for joining me today. Could you give our listeners some background about your experience of clients who work from home?
1: Yes, well, I'm a bit of an old hand at it, Liz, because I've been working at home for about 20 years, but I'm beginning to see more people are uh, having to do this or it's become an option for them so young and old are finding that they're no longer back at the office that they're having to make home their office and you know it comes with quite a lot of different challenges uh, for many people welcome it if you're an older sort of employee. Um, not having to get the train or bus every day if you've done that for years the long killer commute at last you don't have to do that but if you're a younger employee it's a sense of oh um how do I meet new people how do I meet my friends who are colleagues how do I have a chat by the water cooler with the with the cute looking girl in accounts yeah. or whatever you know it's um it's uh, there it all comes with all different kinds of dilemmas of working from home it can be a really good thing and it can also be a massive challenge.
0: Yes. So what do you think then are um, the best ways of dealing with some of these challenges? So if you're particularly anxious, for example, and Mm. especially during lockdown, um, people have, have, have had anxiety. So how would you, as somebody's coach, advise them to deal with that?
1: Well. You know, it's managing risk, everything in life is a risk. Um, So you have to kind of manage, uh, I think it's really important to do your research. Um, You know, even if if there was zero percent chance of catching anything outside your front door, the anxiety can still linger. So basically, the whole world is in trauma at the moment. And it's those who venture out do so with a kind of sense of confidence and those even if they were told it's 100% all clear are still feeling anxious so you have to kind of manage what is the real risk here to me but you know it's kind of like the main thing is if you're feeling anxious is to stay in the moment don't try and catastrophize by projecting some kind of fearful horror story onto your future when we feel anxiety basically we're living in some kind of fear of the future when we feel sadness we're dwelling on things from the past so your, your red flag is if I'm feeling anxious, what am I imagining is about to happen? Because it's fear talking, not actual reality. So you might have to have a little chat with yourself, which is I'm imagining the worst case scenario. But a simple way of turning that round is what's the best that could happen? Uh, what what might be a good thing that I do today? Uh, what can I achieve today? If you stay in the now, then you have peace because there's there's nothing like there's nothing that can hurt you in the very moment. So it's kind of like learning a few meditative practices, being a bit mindful, taking one day at a time and not trying to think, oh, what's going to happen next week? We don't know. So it's kind of like um, really just trying to manage your mindset. So you think, right, today, here's my list of things to do. And that will keep you focused and stop your mind going to some place in the future where you think some kind of fear or dreadful thing is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, those are a good tips and what about the feelings of isolation and you mentioned there before about younger people Mm -hmm. who are missing those water cooler moments how do they go about dealing with the fact that they you know they might feel incarcerated at home that they're not seeing you know proper human beings face to face how how do you Mm -hmm. think they should deal with isolation well
1: we are social beasts you know human beings even if you're a misanthropic old grump um everyone still needs each other to get through life and um isolation can be very debilitating but there's one thing being isolated and one thing being lonely so i think you need to think i need some support here and obviously if you if it's work related maybe there could be zoom meetups uh, at lunchtime yeah. um or google meetings a way you can just say right for an hour let's have our sandwiches and have a laugh it's not actual um, uh, some kind of progress meeting it's just literally how are things let's have a gossip how you can do breakout rooms as well if you want to see your friends um, but kind of keep in touch in that way I mean in the old days it would be it would be an um, email you'd have a chat with your friends on email why not just see them each day and have a kind of um, lunchtime chat or even after work a glass of wine and a catch up after your day I think it's really important that you get to have that kind of interaction and see the people that you're working with So it's really important because your, your family or friends don't know your day-to-day work issues but your colleagues are there to support you with whatever you've got in front of you that day and I think you, we all need that that level of support and understanding and empathy from from people that do the same work that we do. And so the other thing is try and get out you know lunchtime um, if you're in the office you might go out and have your lunch uh, in a cafe well maybe the cafes aren't all open at the moment but you could go for a walk you could take your lunch and eat on a park bench you could take get a takeaway coffee so i think it's about not being stuck in in your house or flat or room um working all day it's about remembering there's a big wide world out there and and getting out there and just breaking the day up a bit as well
0: yeah so would you say it's kind of reframing your day and looking at your day in a different way?
1: it really is because this is one of the major problems of working from home is uh, lack of discipline or too much discipline so what I mean by that is lack of discipline is uh, oh I've got some washing to put on oh uh, I might uh, cook something now or I might do the hoovering Um, you have to be disciplined and say right I'm going to start work at half 9 10 or whatever it is and that is your you you stick with this every day you don't make it a sort of movable fee so you know like at not half nine i'm at my computer or wherever you're yeah. working and that's the day i that's the time i start at lunchtime, if I really want to, I could run the hooves around or sort unload the dishwasher or do the washing up, whatever it is, but you don't like let it drift so you're doing a little bit of housework, you're doing a little bit of work. I think you have the discipline comes from setting your own work hours. And as I say, the, the other side is being too disciplined is as soon as you get up turn the computer on working till midnight not knowing when to stop that's the other yeah. problem that people overwork and they think well I, i've got my computer i might as well catch up And they what they call catching up till midnight then they're back at it again at seven in the morning that's also really bad for you because it, there's no kind of professional boundary that says this is the start of my day this is the end of the day and i usually say to people who are working from home have the time when you you decide that's when work finishes whether it's six o'clock or seven if you're working with an international company you have to do late calls then that's it because otherwise you're you're going to be working 12 14 16 hour days uh, because you can because you don't have to get home and that's the danger of of the burnout and you know work work dominating everything
0: so would you say then it would be a good idea to physically switch off so close your Hmm. laptop put it away in a drawer or whatever and just have that time to think, right, I've finished work now, as if you were leaving your office, for example.
1: Definitely. But you have to set that pace. You have to be the one that says, right, I'm not going to look at this anymore. Um, because there's always things we can fiddle with and go back to and, and sh- double check. And it becomes, you know, a never ending work day. But yes, you have to say, that's it. I close the laptop now. I'm not going on that. And I, I get to have my evening off now. And, but that has to be driven from you. Yes.
0: So would you say then it's about focus? So if you're setting time, you're, you're starting your working day, focus on your working day, schedule the work appointments that you need to do and keep the home stuff out of your working day. And then when it's home time, that's when you focus on the domestic things that you need to do.
1: I think that's essential because um, work becomes the focus of everything otherwise and we need to have the work-life balance. Um, And, you know, some days you'll be busier than others and you might have to go over that deadline. And some days you might not be that busy. So you might finish about three or four o'clock and say that's that's a reasonable time for me to stop today, given what I've done. Um, But you're going to have to be your own micro boss and know if, it, if you've done enough and if it's safe to say that's enough for today
0: yeah and I guess as well you know the benefit as well is that it brings you that flexibility um, so if there is something you need to do I don't know if it's something with the kids school or whatever you can you can fit that into your into your day and then catch up if you need to
1: this is one of the joys of working from home is that flexibility. But, you know, not all of us are gifted with an office with a door on it. Some people are working on their laps, on the kitchen table, on the side of their bed. It's really difficult to have a professional atmosphere when you're limited for space. But if if at all possible, have a designated space, if you can, that is yours to work in, un- uninterrupted where you can put your stationery down without your children running off with the glue stick and the scissors and say like this when I'm in this place please do not interrupt and I will tell you that at 12 o'clock I'm all yours for an hour or so and then I have to go back and then when it comes to four or five I'll be with you again but you it's kind of like really owning your little professional space there and making it as comfortable and 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 supportive as possible I mean if if we were on zoom now i'd show you that i have a an aromatherapy diffuser on my desk i have a water bottle um oh, yes. I've, I've, yes. yes you know but i've yeah, I've yeah, I have. I've got um, a little uh, fan that I plug into yeah. my computers. That's on my desktop here. I've got some lovely um, inspirational messages in front of me. I've got my vision board over my PC, which is basically everything that I'm aiming for. My vision board is the thing that.
0: Oh yes, tell me about that. That tell me about.
1: I'm thinking, oh, I don't really want to... When I don't really want to do anything today, I think it's looking at the Bowdoin catalogue, getting me towards the vision board. No, so the vision board's over my PC of all the things that I want to achieve. I always have water on my table. I have lovely ornaments and a lovely pot plants around me. And it's basically a a little mini kind of spa come support system because this is my office. This is what I want to look at when I'm here sometimes for hours and hours. My my aromatherapy diffuser keeps the room nice and fresh smelling and keeps me alert. And it's just a a sanctuary because that's what you're going to have to make that space for yourself at home you know a little ergonomically designed space that suits you and supports you it sounds
0: really calm and lovely
1: Mm, it is lovely
0: (laughs) going back (laughs) to um you saying how important it is to to maintain human contact even though you're working from home um Mm. can we talk a little bit about community and how important that is and what i mean by that is Okay, you've got your friends and family community and you've got your colleagues, but they're also Mm. local communities, aren't there? And I know that you're very involved Mm. with um, various networking groups. Could you tell me a Mm. little bit about that and how that could really help somebody that that works from home, particularly if Mm. they're running their own small business, perhaps? Um, Yeah, Mm. could you give me a bit more detail about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say networking is singularly the most effective um, tool to build my business because... Networking isn't just about selling your services or buying other people's services. It's being inspired by other small business owners. Uh hearing what they do, sharing best practice, upgrading your own hopes and dreams. If you see someone else succeeding at something, you think, oh gosh, that's great. Maybe I can do that too. Also, you know, um having recommendations, you're looking for a web designer or a graphic artist, or a social media expert, but it's a go to a networking event, and someone says, look, I've used this person, and they're absolutely brilliant. And then you've got, you know, you know you've know, you got a kind of um, a personal recommendation, someone you can trust. Equally, if you're all in it together, and someone's brilliant at social media, and, and you're great at um, design or coaching, you can do swapping, you can say, "Well, if you could give me an hour of your time to show me how to do Instagram or how to make the most of LinkedIn, I'll give you an hour coaching, or I can do some design work for you. And that is a brilliant way of um, expanding your your tool set, as well as making fantastic friends, support groups. You know, sometimes family and friends are are lovely, but they don't always get our hopes and dreams. They might say, oh, I'm a bit worried about you investing in a new printer. Can you afford that? Or I'm a bit worried about you upgrading the website. Is that the right thing Or, or, or going into a different direction? I'm worried that it might not work out for you. Family and friends are very cautious because they are concerned about us, whereas um, networking friends, networking professionals will see your dream and say, "Yeah, yeah, I've done that. You should, you should go for it." They, they have that m- mad, wild look yes. in there, like we do, of, of of ambition. They, they, they really know. Your, what you're going through they want you to achieve they they also have the bug of achievement and they they're the ones who can really give you great cheerleading yeah. support when whereas family and friends are like one oh, not so sure i'm worried about you um y- your networking tribe are the ones who say yeah go for it you know i've got i've got your back i'll help you i'll spread the word and that's what you need you're not on your own then because being in business is very lonely you are the boss you make all the big decisions so having a, a great network of like-minded um ambitious people is is like gold dust so there'll be lots in your area from breakfast meetings evening meetings lunchtime meetings find one that's convenient to go to and if you like the people there and you're given a warm welcome and it's convenient uh, a convenient time of day then then hook up because you know they're going to be your greatest support and great friendships are formed yeah, from as well and i guess it's
0: about maintaining a, a what would you a, a consistency. So, if you commit to it, turn up because that's the way you're going to develop relationships with people.
1: Definitely, the first time you go, you are a complete stranger to the group, so you can feel a bit um, awkward. But uh, the second time you go, you'll have, you'll have met people the first time and you'll get another warm welcome. The third time you go, people start to learn a little bit more about what you do. They say on the fifth visit, you start to do some business. So it's kind of people getting to know you, you know, even if you go for a year, sometimes people still don't fully understand what you do in your business, but it's worth sticking with it. But don't go to one in one group, one in another, one in another, and then say, well, I didn't get anything. It's about repetition with the same yes. group. Um, which really starts to yield results yeah, after a few months I guess. yes yeah people getting to really understand you know you trust you yes. buy from you
0: so we've talked a little bit about community um what about talking about meaning and purpose to your mm-hmm. life what you're doing um, could you tell me a little bit about that and how, if you can work that out, it's going to make working from home a bit easier? Mm.
1: Well, I always say to people, particularly when this pandemic's on, people say, I've lost momentum, I've lost my motivation. Um, and the reason for that is they, they can't see the end of the tunnel. And we we're just coming to it, but we still can't see the end of the tunnel. So it's kind of like that feeling of why should I bother? I feel disengaged. I don't know why I'm doing it. And and that's the that's the point here is you need to reengage with your why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why did I? ever get into this line of work or start a business like this so you need to remember your why and it might be a matter of sitting down and writing out the reason I'm doing this is because I want a secure future financial independence I want money in the bank for my children I want a holiday home I want um, to be free one day so I don't have to work I want early retirement start to remember the why because otherwise it's just like a hamster wheel I'm just working 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 where's it going don't know um, and there's a thing called the convergence of the sweet spots, which I rather like oh, that yeah. expression, which is if you imagine three hoops and one hoop is your hopes, another hoop is your dreams and another hoop is your goals. And if you overlaid all those three hoops, right in the middle is the convergence of the sweet spot. So it's kind of like even doing that as a drawing. What are all my hopes? What are all my dreams? What are all my goals? And right in the middle there will be your why your passion and if you don't you still can't find it just keep those five whys ask yourself why five times why am I doing this well because I want financial freedom why so that I can then do this this and this why because then I will and it's like and, and eventually you get there and then that is the convergence of the sweet spot which is the reason I'm doing this is because I want choices I want freedom and I want a fantastic life and that, that gives meaning to the work you're doing now. You're not just working for the sake of working. you're working towards a very lovely goal. So that helps to remotivate people um, when they're sort of losing track of why am I doing this? I feel underwhelmed or overwhelmed by what I'm doing. I don't like it anymore. I'm disengaged or I'm overwhelmed. And where am I going with this? And at
0: that point, if, um, if you find yourself struggling is that a good point to think about working with a coach would you say
1: i think yeah there's lots of lots of um crossroads we hit as human beings and it can be um it's usually the, the work work and career, relationships, money and health are the sort of main things or just a sense of feeling stuck like you might be getting towards 50 or 40 or 60 and think I don't want the next 10 years to be like the 10 years I've just had. I've hit a a wall and I want to make some changes but I don't know what they are and we don't know what we don't know so you know we we only live in our own heads so we often go round and round the same track a coach can help you get off that track and see things differently and say "Ah, but your limiting beliefs are keeping you stuck in this rut what if and they sort of take the Tupperware lid off your own um, compromised beliefs and say there is actually all this potential over here we're not looking at and the coach supports you and directs you and well co-directs you and comes up with strategies with you to move you to a better place and that's what people use a coach for basically it's to get them out of the situation they're in and get more of what they want
0: and if somebody was interested then in exploring coaching how would they go about choosing a coach are there different kinds just
1: mm-hmm. There are many coaches out there, and I'm glad you've asked this question, because not every coach is for everyone, quite right. You know, you might like a particular personal trainer who's a bit kick-assy and come on, you will do this. You might prefer a yoga teacher who might say, let's gently do this. And everyone has a different approach. So there are so many coaches out there. There are the kind of, um, you know, highly motivated and robbins type coaches and then there's sort of new age or spiritual health and well-being coaches there's business coaches executive coach. well it goes on um but i would i would say you know go and go and audition a few uh, maybe four or five they will, most of them offer a discovery call or a half hour mm-hmm. free session um read their websites do you like the sound of them have you read their about me page because this you're buying them and you're buying what they're offering you and if, you know, so I'm not. I'm a, no disrespect to bald headed bearded men, but I don't think my my particular life and my dreams, my rainbow unicorn dreams would sit well with a grey man in a grey suit with a bald head and a beard. That's just me. But I might find another kind of funky woman who's a bit sparky. That's the kind of woman I want to coach me. That might be anathema to someone else. They want to speak to a serious man in a suit who will. And that's their thing. They, they, that's what they want. Um, so you have to think, who am I? Who would suit me best? And sometimes when I have a discovery call with someone, I, I actually say to people, I don't think I'm the right coach for you. Yes. I don't exactly. think it's a good fit. You know, so it's it, the, the discovery calls for the, both coach and client to find out about each other. Um, but, you know, there's lots out there. And I would say, most of all, trust your gut instinct. Once you've had the call, get off and think, what? how did that person make me feel? Would I like to spend two or three, four months, half a year uh, working with this person? Do they get me? Does it feel safe? Do I like their style? Uh, and then you'll have a two or three of those calls and then make up your mind. But, you know, there's loads out there. Find the one that suits you because it is about yes. trust. You're you've got to trust people trust people, your coach. You? Yeah. Yes. And you've got to think, I like this person, I trust them, I want to invest in them, and I think they're going to help me and support me brilliantly. Because the coach's job is to 100% 100 unconditionally support you. So you've got to make sure you've got the right person who's behind you here.
0: Yes. And, And if somebody wanted to work with you, I know that you offer so many different things. I know that you do your life lessons. I know you've got training academy you know if you actually want to become a coach Mm. yourself so do you want to tell me
1: a little bit about what you do and what you offer Mm. yeah i've been a coach for about 16 17 years now and seven eight years ago i started the pure coaching academy um, because i wanted to train people to become world-class life coaches because there's a lot of bad training Mm. schools out there but on one-to-one basis i've got um After all these years, I realised the two most common issues that my clients present over all those hundreds of clients I've had over the years. The two issues that humanity suffers with most is confidence and clarity. And what I mean by that is confidence to do what you really want to do with your life without fear of judgment, of people pleasing, of failure. Having the confidence to live your life on your terms. And the second issue is clarity. Um, people say I don't know I actually don't know what I want that I've hit a wall I can't see the wood for the trees I don't know what I want well the thing is you can't get clarity without having self-confidence because self-confident people know what they want so I start with the point uh, with my clients from building the confidence up and then pretty soon the path becomes clear so the clarity comes after you built your confidence up. So those are my two sort of specialist fields, really, is co- building confidence and helping people get a really fantastic, dynamic, compelling, clear path that they can't wait to run down afterwards. But it's usually starting from the position of building them up. So they really trust themselves and start to have the awareness of knowing what they want finally. And it's a very rewarding job. But because, because I've been doing it for so long, I have to add the proviso that I am quite expensive. So I do work with kind of high-end business people, career professionals, company directors, sometimes supermodels, athletes, yes. that kind of thing. So I I, I um, to to encourage more people to try coaching, I started my CC Club, which is the Confidence and Clarity Club, which is less than a pound a day, and you get four hours a month uh, on a group call, and we cover some amazing subjects. There's people on the call from Florida from Berlin, uh, from Tunbridge Wells, London. And it's once a week get-together together um um, manned for want for a better word yeah. by me, yeah. hosted by me, I should say. Um, an and we call? have <laughs> yeah. it's online. It's a Zoom call, and we have different subjects each week. And some people are really nailing their goals now. Really learning a lot. That they go offline and they support each other. There's a lively okay. Facebook private Facebook group, and friendships are being made. And we're seeing people really get through it with support and coaching tools that I'm sharing also have guest coaches come in to do talks and presentations. but it's literally it's Mm £27.97 a month um, and you can drop in and drop out you don't have to sign up for the year and so less than a pound a day and for four hours a month and the, and the support group. So that's basically an entry point for people thinking, do I want to work with Caroline or do I want to coach at all? It gives you a little taster of what coaching is about and the sort of issues that we we cover. And I have to say, there's no issue too big or too small because some people say, oh, I haven't got a massive, terrible pain in my life. No, it could simply be something like you're fed up with people treating you as a dog's body. I, you never get listened to properly people don't respect your views or point of views or um, you know it can be in small irritations that you could take to a coach and help you build your confidence up and make life a bit better oh, it
0: sounds really as if you, you do give people that confidence and, and clarity in their lives that's been absolutely brilliant if i can just ask one okay. one final thing mm-hmm what would be your your big tip for for somebody going away from from listening today
1: about working from home Mm. i would say have a balance make it work for you um you're going to have to rewrite the rules here so don't be the worst psycho boss you've (laughs) ever worked for i.e doing 14 hour days and not giving yourself a day off if you're not feeling well you know you're if you're working from home and you don't feel well Allow yourself to have a day off or work half a day don 't push through because you 're at home or you 've got to be seen to be working if you 're not well you 're not well. If you need a break, Get up and walk off. The other thing is try not to overeat. I think most people who work from home put on about nine pounds in the first three months because it 's tempting, but if need be, have some seeds on your desk some fruit. Um, some little snacks loads of water and you you will find that working from home is an absolute bonus it's not like oh you know I'm stuck at home it can be a joy to work from home Um, so make it work for you be the best boss you've ever worked for that's
0: a really good tip thank you so much for joining me today
1: Caroline you're very welcome thank you for inviting me Liz I hope you
0: enjoyed my chat with Caroline Rice. To find out more information about Carolanne and what she offers, visit her website at realcoachingco.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is Liz Pilgrim from Remote Revolution, making remote work. Visit my website remoterevolution.co.uk or follow me on social media at remoterevo and join my revolution. Until next time.